Why recycle? At Recycle My Electronics, we believe what's inside counts. Expertise and accessibility counts. That's welcome news, and this is the podcast, A Welcome Diversion. So Cliff, that's the booming voice of God endorsing your work in the recycling space. <laughs> that's our, 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 our helpful narrator. Thank you for that. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Mark Saltzman. Thanks for joining us again for a welcome diversion. This is episode three of the podcast series that explores proper electronics recycling. And I'm here with the always impressive and knowledgeable Cliff Hacking. Nice to see you, Cliff. It's good to see you again, Mark. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this discussion. So today we're talking about expertise and accessibility. But before we get into that, I wanted to ask you what it means when EPRA says that they are a not-for-profit, specifically what, what, what uh, that refers to in this space, as well as your, um, your claim that you're for industry, by industry, and what that means, please. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> first of all, it's interesting that you uh, give me the tough questions right out of the gate. <laughs> That's it. So no, we'll, no, no small talk on this episode. We're we'll, cu- cutting to the chase. We'll start with that. So the uh, by industry for industry, I think, is probably where we'll start, and I'll do them in reverse order. Yeah. We we are an organization that's set up by the industry. So by our group of supporters of people who generated and developed this organization are the manufacturers, the retailers, and the distributors. They're the ones that we represent. Uh, They formed EPRA Mm -hmm. in order to ensure that they could get assurance themselves about what would happen with end-of-life electronics. And this was done long before um, there were regulations in place requiring it. Uh, We were the first ones to put in place a standard which was voluntary in nature, and all of that helped in terms of getting us to a position where you know we as an organization would be by and for industry so that's the first part mm-hmm. and then and you the, call them stewards right these are your partners the retailers tech manufacturers distributors correct yes uh that's the reference that we make to them we kind of lump them into that category yeah. uh-huh. um and then for the the other part of your question in terms of a not-for-profit um, we're very proud of the fact that we are a not-for-profit organization. Unlike many other organizations that operate in this space, any revenues that we get go to the recycling of products. It goes to pay for the collection, the transportation, and the ultimate destruction mm-hmm. uh, so that things can be recycled properly. There are no dividends paid out to anyone. There's no shareholders as re- that are getting funds as a result of this. Um, this you're, not, is, you're not selling these resources or the products themselves to other countries? None of that. Um, so we are strictly in the business of ensuring that the revenues that we get go to pay for the activity of recycling electronics mm-hmm. and that they're done here in Canada where we recycle that product. And EPRA, Electronic Pro- Products Recycling Association, uh, Recycle My Electronics, this is a national initiative, correct? Correct. Um, we're across the country, uh, coast to coast, uh, from BC all the way to Prince Edward Island. And uh, I actually had the pleasure of being in Prince Edward Island just a couple of weeks ago, my first mm-hmm. flight in a year and a half. Um, so great, great visit while I was out yeah, there. I Met love with, the East Coast. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, and just building on your East Coast comment, um, the two coasts probably do the best job of recycling in our country. If you think about British Columbia, where they have obligations for everything with a battery and a plug, 
or if you go to the East Coast and you look at their care for the environment, whether it's Nova Scotia or Prince Edward Island, mm -hmm. they really do set a standard for the rest of the country. Yeah, good to hear. I've, I've written about recycling in the States as well, and it's very fragmented. You know, I like that this is a national initiative here in Canada with EPRA's work, uh, provinces and territories too, right? Correct. Um, the States, as you reference, uh, is very fragmented. And in fact, uh, only half of the states down there, about 25 of them, have any kind of mm -hmm. recycling uh, obligations. And even the ones that do are very limited in terms of the scope of what they're obligating and what's allowed to be brought back. But here in Canada, uh, two of our territories and all of our provinces have programs in place to recycle end-of-life electronics. Now, they do vary. Um, each province has a different set of obligated uh, electronics which can be brought back. Sure. And so this is all done through regulation, provincial regulation. Um, and those, they say they do vary. Now, we have a couple of provinces that are very closely aligned. And I would say that Atlantic Canada is probably the closest in terms of those provinces that tend to work very closely together on the list of obligated products. So mm -hmm. there are slight nuances mm -hmm. there, but they tend to, based on cycles, be fairly common in terms yeah. of what goes on. And I'm going to ask you more in a moment about how to tell what you can recycle by going to the recyclemyelectronics.ca and the, the differences between the provinces. But you mentioned the word scope earlier. Canada is a huge country, obviously, geographically speaking, second biggest landmass on the planet. That must be a logistical challenge when it comes to transport of, of recycled electronics to get it to those processors, no? Absolutely. And so we referenced earlier the fact that uh, the, the monies, the revenues that come in uh, to our organization all go to pay for this. But we'll talk about some of the challenges with transporting materials. So you say to yourself, okay, I, I live in uh, downtown Regina. Um, how hard would it be to get my material somewhere? Well, not that hard. You pick it up and you know get it on a truck and it ends up uh, being transported to a processing plant and life yeah. is good. And just to clarify, you don't put it on a truck. You put nope. it in a drop-off bin outside Correct. of a retailer or a fire hall and then it gets correct by, yeah by, you drop yeah. it off at your local retailer you're one of your uh, big box retailers sure. that we partner with or you take it to your municipality and we work with a great many of those mm -hmm. and from there our transportation trucks will pick them up yeah and they will make sure that they get transported so if you're in an urban center um fairly easy to handle those kinds of things um let's talk about some of the challenges we have in some of the other places yeah. though um if we talk about thompson manitoba it's probably a great example Many will remember that in the last couple of years, the rail line to Thompson, Manitoba was down and there was a great deal of effort to recreate it. And they had several years where they had no access and anything had to be flown in. And flying out electronics wasn't either economical or practical. Mm -hmm. And it frankly wouldn't have met the criteria for what was being moved in and out of there in terms of sustaining life. Yeah. There's probably some challenges with batteries as well in flight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so the result of all of that was we waited for the lines to come back up. But while those rail lines were being reconstituted, we didn't stop collecting electronics. We warehoused them. We collected them to a point where we had trailer loads that needed to be removed from there. And when the trains resumed, we were able then to take that product and move it back to a processing facility. And so that's a great example from Thompson, Manitoba, but it's only one of the examples. If you go further north in the Prairie Provinces or Ontario or Quebec, we actually have to wait for ice roads. And so in many cases, those winter freezes 
are what allow us to be able to get into some of the communities to be able to take this product out. And we do partner with other organizations. Um, when you're going those kinds of distances, sure. we will partner with people who are recycling paint or oil or batteries, uh, those kinds of mm -hmm. things, and bring those out at the same time. And we actually lead a number of those efforts, uh, both into some of our First Nation communities up there, as well as some of the remote communities that, uh, that are far and wide in that space. But then even beyond that, if you take places like remote Newfoundland and Labrador, we have to use barges to move that product into where we can get to a hub and then get it transferred wow. onto a truck. So there is a very complex network um, from a logistics perspective that gets us to bringing this product back out of where it would have been left in the environment to a recycling facility where wow. it can be properly processed. It's fascinating. And I don't think most Canadians would even think about that, especially those in, like you said, densely you know, populated urban areas mm -hmm. like downtown Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver, or what have you, or, or uh, Calgary and Edmonton and so on. And we go out of our way to make sure and do mapping to see that you know populations have access to our sites and we're adding a sites all the time. Uh, we have a focus certainly on the rural communities mm -hmm. and uh, you know I think about whether it's Manitoba or British Columbia and the additions that we've made there we've just made some in the province of Ontario so um, we're working with the northern communities to try and make sure that they have access and you know if they want to have a collection event instead of a permanent site uh, then we do some of those as well. Um, Cliff can you talk to us a bit more about how you service these remote locations in Canada? Sure. Um, for us, it's really important to get to northern and remote locations. We do a great job of trying to provide access in those places, in spite of the fact that there are winter roads required and you know plain access in some cases. Um, the pristine beauty of our northern climate is one of the reasons that we want to preserve all of the things that we try to do from an environmental perspective. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we're harvesting those electronics and not leaving them up in those communities as well. Yeah. And if you think about the pictures that are on some of our money, the picture of Lake Louise or you know somewhere in the Rockies, um, those things are things that we want to make sure get preserved. And so we take a great deal of pride in reaching out to northern communities and continue to add to them on really almost a monthly basis. But certainly every year we are adding in every province the remote locations that, uh, that need access so that we can ensure that those end-of-life electronics come back and get processed properly. Love that. All right, so EPRA, Recycle My Electronics, has been doing this for about a decade now, as you said. And I understand that you've recently hit a huge milestone. Please share with our viewers and listeners about that. We're really proud of the fact that uh, Canadians have participated with EPRA to a point where we have collected a million metric tons mm -hmm. of electronic uh, end-of-life waste. And all of that has been recycled and put back into a remanufacturing process, um, keeping out a landfill, uh, ensuring that we protect our future and, and helping to sustain an industry that needs these products. Wow, that's super impressive, especially if you think about how light our tech is today, how thin and light they are. So, you know, with the old TVs that you needed two people to carry or the tower computers and all that, that would make sense. And it's still a million metric tons is a huge accomplishment. Uh, but it's probably even more challenging today to, 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 to reach that because of how light these things like this is, you know, you don't even feel this. Uh, so does that Take, does that come into consideration? It, it does for us. It's one of the metrics that we think about quite regularly. So yeah. while we continue to report on the weight of product that we collect, 
the two factors that we see as being most important in terms of Canadians in recycling are access to communities so that they can find a way to drop things off and that can be anywhere in the 2,500 or more locations that we have across the country. And we continue to add to those, by the way, on almost a monthly basis. We're always looking for new sites and we're adding to them. But awareness is also critically important for us. And so we do a great deal to try and drive awareness. And that awareness comes in a couple of different forms. I mean, many of you will be familiar with things like Earth Week. And those are important for sure. But they're not more important than other times of the year. And as you've pointed out, much of the selling that goes on is in either uh, Black Friday, back to school, yeah. uh, or Christmas. And so those become critical times for us as well. Yeah, no surprise. In fact, I've read uh, several times over the years that 40% of all consumer electronic sales and video game sales are in November and December alone. And that makes sense, right? Black Friday, Cyber Monday, shopping for the holidays, and then in Boxing Day in Canada as well, uh, just just following that. So probably no surprise there. But as you mentioned, Earth Week, uh, electronic recycling and other kinds of recycling, spring cleaning, very top of mind for yes. many Canadians. One, one tip that I often give my uh, readers and, and listeners of, of my podcast is to just keep uh, like a bin separate, maybe in your garage if you have one or in a basement. And anytime something breaks or you drop a, an old phone and it cracks and you have no more use for it after you've properly removed your information, as we covered in episode two, just to drop it into that bin and just by making it a habit. You know, your week to week habits are trash or garbage and blue box. Uh, but then I also add the electronics box. And, and certainly, uh, you know, I would say an average Canadian household now has uh, lots of tech that needs to be recycled. And once it gets to a small threshold, I, I often will go and drop it off to my local, there's a big box retailer like a kilometer away from me. So I think that's good practice too. So all throughout the year, it should be top of mind. But I know in the spring is a big one. <laughs> in, the, in the spring is a big one in terms of spring cleanout. Um, yeah. And as you say, I think that uh, there's a couple of things to be top of mind here as well. We've seen a proliferation of electronics through COVID times. Uh, we True. know that people have been working from home more. We know that there is a greater reliance on electronics than what we've seen in the past. And that's going to fuel a cycle of renewal in that space. And in many cases, we're already seeing that where devices are becoming you know, old and uh, at the end of their life. And the result of that is they're ready to be recycled. So we want to make sure that we get those back and that the various periods throughout the year, whether it's collecting them as you go along or whether it's thinking about as you're going in to do your Christmas shopping or your Boxing yeah, Day shopping, point. that you bring your old electronics with you and drop them off at the same time. Um, it's just such a convenient thing to do. We have locations all across the country and you know we look forward to seeing those devices mm -hmm. coming back to us. And not to belabor the point, Cliff, because I know you've talked about this, uh, but the benefits to proper electronics recycling is that we're diverting e-waste from landfills, we're stopping the export of illegal devices to other countries, and we're able to repurpose, reuse those resources that can then go into all new products as well. So these are all some of the benefits of the EPRA program. They are, um, and that reuse has multiple ways to interpret it. Um, we do like the fact that reuse of a device when it is still active and can be used, oh, yeah. can be passed down to family members or friends or, yeah. or others. Donated to a church or community center once you've deleted your data. Absolutely. Properly once deleted you properly your deleted yeah. your data. Yep. Um, but the reuse element comes into play for us as well at the end of the product life because we can then reuse the, 
the elements that are inside there. Yeah. Um, all of the like, things that are in what there. Are, like what? Well, examples would be uh, if you look at the, uh, the the device you have in your hand. It's a perfect example. Yeah. So um, there's glass, metal. There's glass, metal, and inside there at the solder points, there will be copper. There will be maybe some gold. Yeah. Um, there are various elements in there which can be reused, all of which go back into the supply chain yep. and turn back into other devices and other materials um, mm -hmm. and, and need to be re-harvested so that we can make sure that we're ensuring a good solid future for ourselves. Yeah, I know um, some of my colleagues get a kick out of seeing the material, the, the resources shredded down to their raw form, raw form. I will bring a canister, for example, uh, on TV for an interview about proper recycling. And the anchor or the host would say, wow, that's really neat to see all the copper pieces or wires shred in one canister. Another one will have all these like little plastic uh, bits and uh, the aluminum and things like that. So yes. it's pretty amazing. And precious materials too, like you said, gold, palladium, silver, that all can be repurposed. Yes. Yes, and you look at what's going on today. In today's world, we know there is a chip shortage currently. Yeah, true. And, and you know, those things all play into what we need to do to sustain our future. There's no reason not to properly recycle your tech. I mean, like, there's no downsides. It's just, I think it's awareness, right, Cliff? And this is why, in part, I was thrilled to be part of this podcast series, is that it helps spread the word that this should be top of mind all year round. Um, and yeah, maybe more natural this time of year, gift giving season, where people are thinking about going to the store. You can bring your old tech there to drop it off. Uh, but, you know, all year round to keep it top of mind, you know. For sure. And as you say, when you talk about the various seasons, I mean, Christmas comes and people are looking for that shiny new thing under the tree. And I yeah. know my daughter will be looking for an upgrade on her iPhone. Uh, the <laughs> I six, can help you there, man. The six apparently isn't quite cutting it. <laughs> oh, um, no, really? So, oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so, you know, and, 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 you know, the kids these days, they love their technology. Yeah, they yeah. really do. And it's great because I think the younger generation gets it. They inherently get recycling, I think, where older folks, like yours truly, I think for some of my peers, I just have to, I have to keep just reminding them about it. You know, they know maybe about plastics and paper, but electronics recycling may not be something they do on a weekly basis, but it's important for me to make it, to keep it top of mind. And it, it is, I think, a bit of a learning curve for, for the older folks out there where the younger ones, they seem, they, I don't know, I, I know I'm generalizing, but they seem to understand and appreciate the importance of electronic recy recycling. And as you said, they're so comfortable with technology. You know, it's like they call us uh, digital. I say us. I hope that's okay. Of course. They, ca they call us digital immigrants because we yes. had to learn to this, you know, new digital world and, and understand the lingo. But the kids are digital natives. I mean, yes. they were born into it and they don't even see it as technology. This is just life, right? And tools that yes. they use for entertainment or productivity mm -hmm. or communication. But uh, for them, it's just so inherent, which I, I love. But, um, you know, my goal is to just help, you know, evangelize the proper way of uh, electronics recycling. And just to the point that you made earlier around uh, the, the kind of generational elements of this, uh, one of the things that I would say is that while awareness is much larger uh, amongst kind of a younger population, that demographic, um, sometimes the convenience factor is something that they aren't as aware of. Yeah. And a lot of people living in condos these days without cars, those kinds of things, think it's more difficult to drop things off. And we've gone out of our way in urban centers to try and make it easier for people to do that. So those big box stores that are right around the corner from you 
are the places that will take them back. Yep. Your municipalities will. And in many cases, buildings these days are also setting up boxes where you can collect your electronics so that they can be properly processed. So there is no reason, there is no good reason not to recycle your electronics. And I think that's a perfect way to end off. Again, just a gentle reminder to our viewers and our listeners about the importance of proper electronics recycling. You've done such a fantastic job educating us on the importance of it and why EPRA. So thank you so much, Cliff, Cliff Hacking, CEO and President of EPRA, for letting me join you on these podcasts. I welcome Diversion. It's been a real thrill and I hope we can do it again soon. Well, Mark, I couldn't be happier with uh, both what we've done today and the effort in the previous podcast that we've done as well. Uh, the tech guru that you are is something that matters to everybody. Thank you. They know who you are, they listen to you, and the message gets out. And the what's inside tagline that we use not only counts for electronics, it also counts for what's inside us as people and what's inside yeah. our country in terms of our environment. And so we very much look forward to continuing this dialogue with you. I know that you'll be able to help steer us in future directions as new devices come out and as we evolve as a society. So thank you again, Mark, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Cliff. And we'd love to hear from you. Any comments, questions you've got for us, uh, please also share this podcast, uh, this series, if you will, to your friends and family and colleagues as well. So uh, let's hear from you on a welcome diversion. And thanks again, Cliff. Looking forward to more. Thank you. Welcome Diversion is brought to you by EPRA Recycle My Electronics. EPRA Recycle My Electronics programs have a vast network of over 2,500 collection locations across Canada, consisting of return to retail locations and authorized drop-off points committed to recycling end-of-life electronics in a responsible manner. To find the location nearest you, visit RecycleMyElectronics.ca. The future is in your hands. Don't let it go to waste.